Last time on Colony Confidential. I'll use your example that you just did. Let's say that you have a process for every type of interaction with the different types of pests that you have to work with. So I've got this process over here. Now I want to minimize the risk of, of doing the wrong thing. I, I picked the wrong chemical, the wrong information. My people aren't ready. So there's a huge risk of going out to a client and providing the service in, in a way that's not effective. But if you go back and say to yourself, no, we're going to retool this strategy to minimize the risk of having our clients receive bad service, then your people walk out there fully prepared to interact and produce the results that you're looking for. You got to have something in place where you can react quick or know what to do to minimize the effect of that. You can look at any of your strategies, any of your systems, any of your tools, streamline that process, look at the risk that's going to occur. Now, all of a sudden, you're spending all this extra time as business owners trying to uh, minimize these risks when if you have the right tool and right system in place, those risks slowly start disappearing. And then finally, your people aren't thinking about that. Your people are delivering on the business side, the customer service, doing the things they're supposed to. You're maximizing that asset. And which leads us right into, let's take a look at those nine strategies on how to maximize people. Yeah. Again, I'm a teacher by trade, so it's a mnemonic. It's just a bunch of letters put together that forms a sentence. It doesn't really, but how I say it is Charlie, Pat, Malk. So Charlie, Pat, and Malcolm, those are the strategies. C-H-R-L-P-A-T-M-A-L-C. And then the bonus strategy is the letter F. So here they are. Let's go through. It starts with the C. The first strategy is on culture. And I think we can do this as a guidepost through it, is that Culture in particular impacts all the rest of them. And so I wanted to weave that as a tool to help business owners remind themselves that that first one on culture impacts HRL, Pat, and Malcolm. It, it, it impacts every strategy. And I'll tie that in for each one of them as, as we go through it. But let's talk a little bit about that first one, just culture. If you think about culture as your core values, when you sit down, a, a lot of people will put what I would call their core values on a poster. You'll see co companies do this, uh, but they won't put them into practice. And if you really want to see the right hiring, the right recruiting, the right compensation package, having ethics, all the things that you think will help a business run effectively, you've got to start with that, that idea of culture. So that's the first strategy. What is your company culture? When you all sat down and created what you wanted to do and the people you wanted to hang out with, and how you built your company. What were some of the values that you thought were just absolutely crucial um, to building your business? Did y'all have, did y'all think about any of those values? I certainly had them in my head, what I wanted to purvey, quality of work, integrity, honesty. You, yeah. you know what I mean? They weren't written down probably until I was already seven years in, To just to be honest. Maybe, yeah, probably like around 2000, eh, maybe six years in. Mine, mine, when I started, was simple. I'm going to train you to do a good job. You're going to get rewards if you did a good job. If you weren't, you were you put a little effort in to try and re-educate you. And if that didn't work, you were gone. Did you have that written down? Not, yeah, it was right here. Yeah. So, and, and look, that's a big mistake we make. But like at Colony now, on the job ad, we hit the four core values. For, okay. the, for the company, which are integrity, respect, teamwork, and quality. Yeah. What's so good about having that from poster into practice, kind of my way of reminding myself, don't put it on a poster if you're not going to put it into practice. 
Walt Disney said a long time ago that every leader is behaving out the values they most think are beneficial. So if you think respect is a value that you um, really want to be as part of your company, then you'll show, you will do it. If you think that um, results and tasks and uh, making things happen is your number one core value, your people will figure out pretty quickly what they're going to be rewarded for and what they're not going to be rewarded for. The great thing about understanding your culture is that those values that you say are important are also how all these other things are impacted. So it's fun to do this exercise together and go through it because if you think respect, well, respect for the individual. Right now, it's a huge part of our company and who we are as a society. People are asking that question all the time. Do you respect me? Do you respect my culture? Do you respect my ethnicity? And so all of these things start to matter because when you know that's part of your core, then that's the culture in which you create. So every time you open up a new franchise, open up a new office, you have the opportunity of spreading that culture to the next. But if you don't have that as your core values, you don't have that as your part of your core culture, and it's just written on a poster, everybody knows eventually. This is what's so neat about talking with y'all. When you have those core values and you live them out, then those are the people you're going to start to attract as well. Yeah, they're, they're, they respect me. That company's high integrity. They do believe in teamwork. That's the core behind these nine strategies. When Paul Sarbati, who is the original founder of Insperity, wrote his book, his, the title of the book is Take Care of Your People. Take care of your people. And yeah. these are the strategies that help us streamline our processes, right? Minimize risk and maximize our people. And the first one's culture. I think y'all even said this in the last minute. I was listening to your podcast and people often don't want to leave a company, but they will leave a bad leader. They will leave a bad manager. They'll leave a bad situation. They might love what they're doing, but they're going to go find somewhere else that has a better culture fit for them. And the big problem is that often when there's a culture misalignment, it's because we say we believe this is true about these values but we're not acting that way. So that difference between the culture that you say and the climate in which they live in, kind of, there's another fancy term, is that if I feel as though, if you ask me on a survey, a culture survey, do they really believe in teamwork? No, (laughs) no, they do not. They believe every man for themselves. Do they really believe in integrity? No, they cut corners all the time. They find a way to use inferior things, but they say they're using really superior products. And I know that I can't live with that And so that between culture and climate is trust. So the connection between those two and the way you get trust is you're consistent about what you say and about what you do. And then those people buy into it and go, that company I can work for. Their culture matches what they say to what they do. So it doesn't sound like much, but that's really what causes people to go, I'm out of here. I can't work here anymore. It's huge. And like I said, changing to where we are and realizing that we also need to have checks and balances on ourselves because the whole open door policy, even though we say it, people don't necessarily take advantage or believe in it. We did surveys starting two years ago and we were not getting buy-in and responses because people were concerned of retaliation, which is illegal by the way. And we were struggling to convince them like, we really want to know. And by the way, you can click anonymous on SurveyMonkey. We don't really need to know a Jew unless you want to let us know it's an exact problem. So we, I would say 80% of the people bought in to it. And a recent new hire, same thing, a month ago, she said, I really didn't believe any of it. 
but now I do. And I was like, perfect. It took you a little while, but you had to take your time, but now you believe it. And now you're starting to give us good feedback. Yeah. Now think about that. So when we move to the next strategy, so the first one culture and it's by design through your values. So that's why we keep talking about this idea of being intentional and by design, because when you set up a culture by design, then people can believe it because you're going to actually act that way. And when you open up your next place or you move to your next state, those values act as the foundation for your culture and the people that you're looking for. So remember the first one's Charlie. So it starts with C. The next strategy is H. That's hiring, recruiting, and retention. Now you spent time with uh, Jill talking to you about this. I'm just going to give you the culture version of it. How do I hire people? I'm looking for people that share similar values. How do I recruit? Guess what? If you have the right culture, the people that you're recruiting have already heard about you because of your culture. And so now you're hiring people with much less pain because guess what your people are also doing? The people that work for you are acting as ambassadors of your culture, and they're going and finding other people like them that believe the same way, act the same way, think of those values as important, and now they become part of your recruiting tool. So hiring, recruiting, and retention. And when you keep matching that over time and people trust that culture's right, guess what? You hold on to people longer. The ENPS score, or we call it the Team Net Promoter Score, yeah, that helps you getting a temperature of your team. Like Pete just said, does the company practice its four core values on a scale of one to five, integrity, teamwork, all of that. On that one, I would want fives all across the board. But our general thing is a four. If you're a four or up, we're good. But asking about the core values, I if I didn't get all fives, I would ask, what could we be doing differently to the team? It's checks and balances for you. That theme of keeping your culture alive allows your people to be your best recruiters. At Insperity, one of the things we do is because when once you create a culture of a best place to work, then you find naturally that your people are out there looking for people similar to them. You need to come work here. You need to come be a part of this. And then Insperity is great about rewarding us. We'll give a bonus and you can decide as a business owner how much you want to give your people as a bonus to go recruit somebody because recruiting is expensive. Turning over somebody is expensive. Training, developing them can cost a lot, but you already know that they share similar values and then they're recruiting them. So that, that's the second one. So culture, hiring, recruiting, retention. The third strategy is rewards, recognition, and compensation. So that's CHR. So we're about to finish Charlie here. C-H-R-L. So the R is rewards, recognition, and compensation. Let's tie it back into culture. If you believe teamwork is important, if you believe respect is important, if you believe integrity is important, quality of work is important, then reward it. it. Having an employee of the month that is now rewarded by the values in which you're putting on that poster and then saying in front of everyone, we have to reward this person with you know, this, this gift this month or employee of the month or a $100 gift card or whatever it is you, that you'd like to do. When you reward the core values, guess what they'll do more of? They'll follow them. Yeah. And a lot of companies make this mistake. They forget that their core values drive behavior that you want to see. And then, just as Ed said earlier, why not reward the core values of what the behaviors you'd like to see more often? It is such a simple opportunity for businesses to, to utilize rewards and recognition. Don't reward something that's completely different than the behaviors in which you want to see. So really simple version of that, but culture's first, hiring, recruiting, rewards, recognition, and compensation. I I love using Disney as an example because I went through their leadership institute, but there are people that will go and work for Disney and get paid less 
because they can say they work for Disney. That's a huge thing on your resume, depending on what you did there, because you yeah. go through that training. Yeah, their training and development, their culture, being a part of that team, just flat saying, I work for Disney, people will take a pay cut just to say they can do that. And so now how in the world did they do that? They have a world-class culture. They do things that other people don't do. They reward people. I'll give you a really interesting story on that really quick because we're talking about rewards. They did what most companies do. Let's have the leaders go reward the employees. Catch them doing something good. Little uh, Ken Blanchard there, just catch them doing something good and then reward them for it. So they created these cards and on the card, the, the manager could say, congratulations, you lived out one of our core values because they do it right. You live out one of our core values. You demonstrated courtesy and respect for our customers. Thank you so much. And then turn that card in and you'll get a reward through all this Disney paraphernalia that they wanted to give away. At the end of the month, they put this into practice. What ends up happening is the, the upper management's now looking down at the, the mid managers and saying, nobody's turning in their cards. You guys not giving anybody cards? I, we told you this is an important initiative. We want people to be rewarded. And we, you, we want you out there recognizing people's behavior. And all the managers are saying, we did. We, we're writing these cards all the time. People are doing a great job. Well, go find out what in the world happened because we want to give away all this stuff and nobody's turned in in their cards. So guess what they found out? This is really cool, Ed, because you, you just said this and it was it's a really uh, interesting story. So they go and talk to the people that are providing this service and they said, did you get the card that I gave you? Absolutely. I gave you several over the month of things that you did. I, this lady in particular had two. And she said, yeah, I have them. She opened up her locker and inside of her locker were both of them sitting there. And he said, you're supposed to turn those in so you can get a reward. She goes, I don't want the reward. I just love the fact that you said these things about me. It was more important for that yeah. person to receive the recognition than to get the extra $100 in gifts. So now Disney being smart, sat back down as a team and said, okay, time to make a carbon copy, <laughs> duplicate, let them keep one, stick it in their locker, and we can give these people rewards on top of just housing the actual piece of paper. Yeah. You can go a long way without even doing a formal recognition program if you'll just tell your people, thank you. If you'll tell your people you're doing a great job and write a little handwritten note. I have people that were on my team that I still have post-it notes that I just wrote just before they did a really hard initiative or a job. And I just write, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the extra effort you did and just put on a post-it and left it there. So the next morning they'd pick it up. I have one lady that she just put her post-its just all the way across her cubicle to remind herself that's reward. That's recognition. And we haven't even paid him yet. That's not even compensation. Yeah. We've just done the right thing about telling people things. I've dealt with guys that were in prison and no, nobody's ever told them anything good about themselves. It was always negative. And when you come up and tell them, hey, you're really doing a good job and you're really going to go places and, and maybe once in a while you give them a bonus. Yeah. Now, bonuses are fantastic. Now, don't forget those bonuses, the, the, the extra pay. People are notorious for seeing those things as part of their pay when, when, when you do them consistently. But what they're not used to is people finding a way just to say thank you randomly throughout their year. And that sometimes is as much as any type of pay that you can give them, because that's the type of culture that, you know, I, and it, keep it simple. Would it motivate you? Would it inspire you? Would you go yeah. a little bit extra and, and do a little bit more? I'll give you a great example. Yesterday was my eighth year with Insperity, and I got a text this morning 
that said, I left a present at your front door on your doorstep. And my boss had left me a little succulent plant because she knows I like uh, gardening and plants and, and a handwritten note. And just want to let you know the things that you do make a difference in people's lives. Keep doing it. I was like, if I had something to do right now, I'd be doing it really good. If I could just, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to start my day and press Zoom, but I'm going to do that really good all of a sudden. Um, it's the simplest things. When you write a handwritten note, don't forget this as a leader out there. What you say and, and what you do to impact your people and influence them is huge. Your ability to speak to them and speak life into them is a gargantuan reward to human beings. You wouldn't believe how powerful that is, especially from leadership. Certainly for small businesses, I think oftentimes we lose sight of highly compensated people and doing the same things for them. But it, it, it's for everybody in your organization. If you have a C-suite, patting the people in a C-suite all the way from every level, everybody. Absolutely. And part of it too is what you said, what I like or what makes me feel good may not make somebody else feel good. And somebody may need both money and the pat on the back. And yeah. some other people might take the money as a pat on the back sure. or as that reward. People want to feel appreciated. I don't care at what level they are at. There are CEOs that lead businesses all the time. There are C-suite people and there are people right now at high levels in a company that are thinking, they don't appreciate me. They don't get it. They don't get what I'm doing every day. I'm leaving. I'm looking for another job. That comes with culture. And that comes with the rewards and recognition. People leave compensation all the time. It's one part, good benefits. I'll go get good benefits somewhere else. I want to be a place that somebody appreciates me. So, yeah. all right, well, that's, that's CHR. And now we're going to finish out Charlie, which is L, and that's liability and compliance. Oh, favorite. So, yeah, liability and compliance. Everything you guys have to do, probably chemical-wise, OSHA-wise, to keep up with all the chemicals you use, that's liability and compliance. But we're talking specifically about maximizing your people right now. And with that, the idea is that even when you have the right culture, if your culture is one of integrity, what we talked about a second ago, your core values, then if you move that over to liability and compliance, it cannot be something that you uh, skimp on. It has to be something you pay attention to, because the last thing you want to do is put your people in a situation to where they didn't even realize they were out of compliance or they weren't doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden that cost you or your company. And then the worst ones, I always try to recommend this to every small business owner or even business owner, which is EPLI, Employer Practice Liability Insurance. Man, unfortunately, we're in a litigious, sue-happy society. And you know, I don't want to say that unkindly. I just want to, I want to make the point that there are times where if your people aren't trained in order to ask the right questions during an interview, you could make a mistake of asking the wrong question and someone could sue you. They could go out and we're not talking about workers comp. We're talking about they could go out and interact with you or someone on your team, have something go wrong and they feel harassed or they feel discriminated against. And the next thing you know, your only recourse is a big check. And so EPLI, Employer Practice Liability Insurance, is incredibly important to small businesses because it allows a buffer. It's like the insurance for not completely understanding all of the harassment, all of the compliance issues that you have to fall under when it comes to hiring and then holding on to uh, an employee. So I always like to recommend that when we get to liability and compliance, but it's a huge bucket. EPLI is huge. It's exactly what you said, litigious society, but also currently we're in a society where everyone's offended by everything. Yeah. And I didn't grow up that way, but the things that 
We live in that world right now and to understand it is really important because the last thing you wanna do is spend all the effort of running your company and getting it to be successful. And all of a sudden you become a target and then you don't have the basic insurance that you need in order to protect yourself and your company. It's not right, it's not fair. And I, I wish that people that understood what it's like to try to build something from scratch and then make something successful. It takes so much effort and so much time to get to a point where you're actually generating a profit. So anyway, just everybody that's out there, if you're listening, if you don't have EPL, I make sure you get it. It's just one of those things right now to protect the company on liability and compliance. But it goes, let's go back. It goes back to culture because when your culture of saying you have integrity doesn't match the ethics in which you put in for liability and compliance, you cut corners here, you skimp over there. You don't really worry about putting up the right things. I'm telling you, there's going to be someone that's very process driven that's going to discover that and they're going to hold it against you. It's not right. It's not fair, but it's just the reality of the world we live in. So let those culture values drive all of these things. All right. That's Charlie. We're almost done. We got P. That's Pat. We're on Pat now. The P is for performance management. How do you train and develop your people? How do you get them up to speed? What's your onboarding process look like? Do you have a a buddy or a sponsor or a peer that's, that's seasoned that gives them the best practices to learn your traditions, how you do things on your company. At Insperity, we have very formal training and development. Every company should have some type of way of getting someone up to speed and becoming capable and competent at their job. That's a bare minimum requirement for a strategy that maximizes people. Let me add one more thing about performance management that ties back into liability compliance and your culture is when you think about performance management, if you wanna give somebody a raise, if you want to ultimately give somebody a promotion, If you want to do any of those things, if you don't have a performance management system in place that's showing how you've tracked their goals or have a reason why you're promoting one and not another, a true performance management system, you now hit Mr. Liability and Compliance again, because why'd you give them a promotion and not me? Why'd you give them more money and not me? So having a performance management system is a key strategy as part of your culture so that your people know that you're being fair, you're being consistent. Everybody's getting trained, but more importantly, you're tracking those goals and giving them a score. So at the end of the year, we can give everybody a merit raise. We can base bonuses on it. We can do all kinds of things, but so many people are very default about this. I know I got to train my people. So now I give this guy a raise over here and then someone else goes, well, I worked here 10 years. He's only worked here five. Why did he get a raise? And I didn't. And you have no backing. You have no information, nothing on paper that can back you up. And then that person says, Congratulations, you're getting sued. And it's terrible. But that's why these strategies are so crucial. We've learned these over 30 plus years to help small businesses think about how to develop your people and not get yourself into this situation. So take advantage of that just on those thoughts and ideas of performance management. So that's P. Now we've got A and T, admin and tech. So you guys have used our Insperity Premier. You've talked about your dashboard and the areas in which you get to see all the information come in. It houses their Social Security information, their IRS forms, their benefits, everything is all housed on that admin and tech site that we give y'all called Insperity Premier. Time and attendance is there. They can check in, check out. All of that stuff is there for you. Any company worth their salt that's going to hire good people and retain them needs to have a good, what's called a human resource information system, a, a way to collect all of your information for your employees and know when they're either hired performance management, when they're getting promoted, an organizational charts all placed in there, everything is all part of your admin and tech. 
Okay. So that's a real simple one, but that's part of your culture. You're a cut above because you've got a place where your people can go when they first onboard all the way until they retire. Okay. Yeah. So that's admin and tech. Um, almost done. We got merger and acquisition. This is MALC, M-A-L-C, mergers and acquisitions. If you had your act together in your culture, your hiring, recruiting, your rewards, recognition, compensation, your liability, compliance, you have got a great performance management system and uh, your admin and techs all in one place, easy it is to now merge or acquire somebody else. Now think about having a company that you're about to merge or acquire that doesn't have any of that. And it's all over the place. And you got to go through a million files in order to find any of this information. You I just are- walked away from one. <laughs> there you go. You're set up with Insperity as your bulkhead, as your foundation, where all of your stuff is in one place. And so that makes you very attractive to either sell your company when you want and also acquire another company that if you're being acquired by someone, they're looking at your infrastructure and they say, this company's got their act together because you've got all of those pieces in place. So mergers and acquisitions are huge. And anytime you uh, acquire another company, obviously you're clashing cultures potentially. So you want to make sure you go back and think about those values that pull it back together. All right. Yeah, even as part of the vetting process. Absolutely. hundred percent. Is this going to even match? Is our culture going to match their culture? Do they believe different things? Do they reward different ways? Okay. So last two leadership and communication, that's LC leadership and communication. If you wanted to find three that can mess up something really good, it's culture, leadership, and communication. So all you don't have those three right. You can throw away hiring, recruiting, recognition, rewards, and compensation, liability, performance management, admin, and tech, and mergers and acquisitions. So you got to get your culture right. You got to get your leadership, and you got to be able to communicate effectively. And we can talk about it in a million different directions, but to keep it simple, when leaders communicate effectively with their people and create clarity, that allows people to do their job well. When leadership creates a lot of confusion and lack of good direction, that creates a lot of problems with human beings. And so people will leave leaders all the time. And the fastest way is have a leader that can't communicate clearly. You better be able to communicate clearly. <laughs> Leadership and communication. So that's it. Those are the nine core strategies. And what I wanted to hear from y'all is the bonus strategy. The bonus strategy really is faith. The entrepreneurial faith it takes in order to hang in there when everybody else says it can't be done to Please. run a business. So Every, everybody can tell you how you're not going to succeed and this is wrong and that's wrong. Quick story. When I went into business, my mother, rest in peace, and all her sisters and my cousins said that he was never right in his head anyway. He left a job in the bank to go kill bugs. And whenever I visit them, they say, what are you doing? Do you, do you need any money? I said, no, I'm good. Thank you. So you got to believe in yourself. And if you don't, you ain't going nowhere. I was fortunate. I had him. I don't, that may be fortunate and unfortunate. But <laughs> as far as starting a business and being an entrepreneur, there was no, you can't do it. Except for from people around me, friends and family members. But I had a great college education. Why am I going to do the same thing my father did? And I was like, because I want to make money. Yeah. But yeah, it is a lot of faith, but it all works out in the end. As long as you, if you can focus on everything that we've been talking about with you and Jill, and even going back to other pieces of running a business, there's certain things that when you hear statistics, these are the reasons businesses fail. Those are the things you should pay the most attention to out the gate. And like we spoke here, I think if you're listening to us and you're a new business owner, you should start doing this immediately, whatever you can. 
maybe you're not at a place where you could get with PEO Insperity yet. You're a one-man show, but you can start putting these processes in place on your treatment, how you want your phone answered, how you want to do this. You can decide what your company culture is now, and your first hire will be way better than my first hire because I knew I needed somebody that could walk and talk, and I'll teach them the rest. But if you, from the beginning, if you have all of these things in mind, culture and and the leadership and growing, then it just, it'll save you. It'll save you a lot. It'll save you losing people that you think one are good and then realize, wow, they weren't and they didn't fit the culture and we're better off without them. When that young lady told me that her life wasn't worth living, what I tried to do every day was just say something positive to my students. And so since I was teaching biology at the time, I did what was called little life warm-ups. So like the first five minutes, I would say some type of positive quote or, or talk to them about their dreams and goals and then help them think about what kind of human being they could be for this, what we would call America. And that's one of the things I probably miss most after 20 years of not being a teacher is that I don't get the opportunity as much to sit in front of youth anymore and be a good guiding light, speak some life into them. So Probably three years into doing that, at that time I was coaching and a lady came up to me and she said, my son's in your biology class. Have you ever thought about taking all those little life warmups you do every day over the whole year and then putting them together in one curriculum? And I don't know why she said it, but she said, and create a camp, do it over the weekend. And now I never even went to camp myself. I didn't have a clue what it was. Would you go outside and run around, go into a canoe or something? I don't know what it was, ride horses. I don't know what a camp does, but I just, I'd never gone personally. But I thought, you know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. I should create a camp for kids. And I thought I needed a million dollars in order to do it. Because, you know, you need, got to have the structure and you got to have the camp. You got to have all this. And I did all this writing on like graph paper. And I was going to talk to all these business people and please invest in this camp. And, you know, it's all the stuff you do in order to try to, um, sell an idea to someone that you want to make a difference. And I had this gentleman, I cold called him for a million dollars. So I cold called this guy that was uh, that was one of my students' dads. And uh, he owned an oil company here in Houston and a little independent oil company. And I remember his son saying he had 10,000 acres in like Montana or wherever. So I called this guy just, man, I'm just going to do it. A million bucks shouldn't be too much for this guy. And uh, met him for lunch, showed him my graph paper, laid it all out. And he looked at me and he said, Montana is really not, that's kind of my solace place when I get done with work and I go out there and it's just a place that I probably don't want to put kids on, but I've got a couple hundred acres near uh, Lake Livingston. That's a big lake here in in Texas. And I was like, oh, wow. He goes, yeah, we might do something over there. He goes, and here's his words. I think I'd be willing to to lose $50,000 on this idea. And I was like, $50,000, that's about $950,000 short. I never talked to that guy again. A complete stranger just offered me 50 grand in order to help me help kids. And I never talked to him again. And I was telling this story to a lady um, at, we're doing lunch duty at the high school. And I was telling her that I met with this guy and he offered me $50,000, but man, I need 950,000 more. And because that's how dumb you are when you don't understand business. And at the end of the table, the assistant principal who had just started that year, the lady said to me, what do you think is going to come of it? And under his breath, he said, nothing like that, nothing. And I was young. I was in my 20s. And so I, I didn't know better not to say something to the uh, assistant principal. And I turned and looked at him and I said, if you think helping kids is nothing, then why are you a principal? Why, do you even, why are you even in education? 
needless to say, we didn't get along very well. But the reality was, is that I walked out of there and I thought to myself, that guy doesn't get to determine if I'm going to do this or not. He can decide all day long what he wants to say and under his breath and all of those things. But I've got to have the faith to believe in this dream or this goal that I have to impact youth. And I walked back out there and the teacher took me back aside. And she said, Pete, you do know that you don't have to have a million dollars. There's a lot of camps that are already set up all over the United States. Just take your curriculum and then invite kids to learn the curriculum at a camp that's already there. And I was like, huh. Yeah, that's probably a better idea. <laughs> that's, that's, probably, that's probably better. I can probably do that. That's probably a little less expensive. And I don't have to have all the liability and everything of running the property and buying it and everything else. And, yeah. and so that was 1997. I did my first camp. Today, I get to hang out with you guys talking about leadership development. But the key is that I think for all of us that start a business, we've got to believe in what we do. And then secondly, what you said, Ed, is you've got to find a way to believe in yourself, even when times feel as though everything's against you. And that's why I think these strategies are so crucial, is that if you'll put these strategies into practice, you're going to streamline your process, you're going to minimize risk, and ultimately, you're going to help your people do their very best. And that's what I hope if anybody is looking for someone to help you in these. You guys, thank you so much for being a client of ours. We would always love to help any small business learn these things. Our, our mission is to help businesses succeed so communities prosper. And I, I always feel blessed that I get to go share these thoughts and ideas so that business owners can understand it. Because I, I hate to be complicated. I just wanted to be able to share real information with y'all. I wrote down a lot of notes. <laughs> so I learned a lot. That's the whole key is that when you have somebody that's passionate about something and someone that's created a business over 30 plus years to help businesses succeed, you don't want to go try to learn that yourself. Let them be the experts. Outsource that. Um, don't try to figure out all the new rules and regulations to help your people be successful. Give them a call and let them do their job to help your company. The partnership with Insperity, it's been amazing. I love the PEO idea. And then mm -hmm. coming on board with Insperity, a real PEO, and I say that you probably understand what I'm saying. The other ones were payroll companies that tried to add these things where Insperity began with the whole idea of what we're talking about, the culture, right. the strategy of what they want to do PEO. But right. it, it's been a great experience. The salesman, Andrew Baum, is still in touch with us to this day. I can call him on his cell phone. He was very helpful in the very beginning when we were stumbling through our onboarding because some of these things, learning the dashboard and stuff, but just amazing. And just so you guys know, Insperity can help all the small businesses out there. They have a phone number for you to reach them at. It's 844-942-3259. Once again, it's 844-942-3259. You can always DM me or text me or hit us up at colleenconfidential.gmail.com. We'll answer all your questions. We'll get you in touch with the right people. When I first got involved with a PEO, it was a huge savings to my business, $30,000 year one. And I say that because I got way more than I ever expected and I saved money. And how many times can you say that in business? And that's the key for us. We want to take care of your business so that you can take care of your people. So that's the whole key with everything that we do. We try to make sure that all those areas are covered so you don't have to think about those every day. Now, you do have to still be proactive. You have to, if you see something or if you have a question, then reach out. That's the whole point. Yeah, we, you just, we can't solve problems we don't know you're having. You know? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we can put the infrastructure together, but if you have an issue or a thought or an idea, you have to let us know so that we can use our expertise 
to help you run your business effectively. I want to make sure and, and meet you all and shake your hands. And if you can put a group of people together, please let me know and I'll do a presentation for you all or anything that I can do. To help. Oh, the next one, the next one we have some fun because we're just going to talk about personality information, funny stories about people and human beings and how to keep them engaged. Oh, make sure I'm here for this one. I got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun for me to teach the uh, personality information and then share with y'all how I utilize that in our leadership. Today. Definitely. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, Joey Buns, Conley Confidential. I just want to thank Pete Inahosa from Insperity for talking to us today. Remember what he spoke about, the three anchors and then the 10 strategies. Mr. America. Mr. America all the ships at sea, Ed Sheen for Conley Confidential. We're very fortunate today. We had a great time with Pete Inahosa from Insperity. I got about six pages worth of notes. And um, an old dog has learned a lot. And I appreciate what you taught and uh, what you spoke about. And I look forward to meeting you in New York. I really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for letting me uh, be a part of it. All so, right. So we got a wrap, Joe? Yes, sir. Oh, you stay on, Shane. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. So, Joey, yeah. I got a question. At the end of that thing, you said something about PEO. What is PEO? Professional Employment Organization. That's what Insperity is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Joey Buns, County Confidential. I just want to thank Pete Inahosa from Insperity for coming on today and talking about the three anchors and the 10 strategies. It was great speaking to Pete. Um, looking forward to having him back on real soon. He's part of the Insperity uh, series that we're doing and can't wait to speak with him again. Next up, I think we'll be talking about personalities. Speaking of personalities, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea, Ed Sheehan, great interview today with Pete from Insperity. You need to listen to this episode. If you're a small company, a big company, I don't care who you are, you need to listen to this episode. If you want to find out more about Insperity, how it can help your business, give them a call at 844-942-3259. That's 844-942-3259. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.